episode 15 of season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And we are, you know, continuing on, uh, we're finishing up Deuteronomy. And just the thing that as I was reading, you know, because especially today, and it's just interesting, you know, as you get to reading the Bible, you know, every year, and I think a lot of it is just based on, you know, what we're going through in our lives, that things just stand out. So, you know, as you're reading, if something else stands out to you from what I'm reading, it's probably because of, you know, how my day's going and how, you know, the season that I'm in in my life. And, but I find that a lot of people are kind of in the same season as me. And, you know, we get to the end of Deuteronomy and essentially, you know, Moses blesses the tribes one more time and, or blesses the tribes before he leaves. And it's just something that really, you know, stuck to my heart. Um, just, I think, because of where the, what the Lord is working with me on and the book that I'm reading, you know, and just being a youth group leader that essentially, you know, what you're doing as a youth group leader is you're raising up, you know, another generation, you know, to take on the race, you know, because we're, we're just pilgrims and, you know, a lot of the saints, you know, if Christ has, you know, Christ hasn't come back yet, some of the saints end up passing on. And, you know, I know, you know, I think about some of the people that were influential in my walk when I was just a baby Christian, you know, some of them have passed on. They are now in heaven. They, they passed away. Sadly, you know, one of them passed away when I was in Laramie and I, I couldn't go to her funeral, uh, cause I had just started a brand new job and, you know, I, I knew they would have understood if it was more, have a closer family for me to leave, but since she wasn't directly related to me, I couldn't leave for the funeral. Um, especially since it was happening during football season of all things in Laramie and with my job, I could not, my brand new job, I couldn't just leave. Um, unless it was, you know, close family, but you know, and, and then I came back and I was so excited to see this one man, you know, and he was like a, you know, like another grandfather to me. He was a spiritual grandfather and he didn't say very much, but whenever he spoke, he had like this godly wisdom. So when, and because he didn't speak very much, like when he said something, it was very profound and people would actually, you know, take note. And because he was so you know, wise with his words and, and knew when to speak, you know, and, and I admired that. And he ended up passing away. He always thought that he was going to be part of the rapture and no, the Lord just had something different for him. And he ended up passing away in his home and, and, uh, he, he never married, never had kids. And, 
but, you know, he made sure, you know, all of his Bible study stuff and I, and his family said, you know, he, he would want this. He would want all of his Bible study stuff to go to the people in the church. And it was, you know, passing on what all the materials, everything that he had learned from. And I actually got, you know, a Perry Stone Bible that I had been wanting because, but I couldn't get it because of budget reasons. And I'd been wanting this Bible and it was, he had one and I was like, oh my gosh. So I was so excited. And then he had like these concordances and stuff. And I was just starting, you know, taking ministry classes. And it was like, I need this. And so in a way it was, you know, him passing on the mantle to, to us. And it's the same way, you know, passing on the mantle, you know, as believers. Yeah. And I love the, the movie fervent and, um, it's such a, an awesome movie, uh, about prayer, but at the end of that movie, and I don't mean to spoil it for people who've not watched it, but the older woman that, you know, takes in this young woman and, and helps her to fight for her marriage and through prayer and, you know, for her family, for her husband, she ends up, you know, giving charge to her that you need, that she needs to find another woman to, to pass on that same fight, essentially, you know, the same, the things that she has learned. And we see, you know, with Moses, yeah, it was blessings and stuff. And it's like, how do you get that out of that? But it's just something that the Lord placed on my heart that as he was leaving, he was blessing them, passing the mantle on to Joshua, essentially, and, you know, going on to be in heaven, you know, and he didn't, he only got a glimpse of the promised land from, from the mountain range that he was on. He only got a glimpse of what he never got to see the promised land because he had failed, uh, as, as a leader and God had to, you know, I know God forgive him. He's, he's in heaven, but he could not let him go into the promised land. And because of that, you know, and he didn't get the promise, but he got to see it. And by faith, you know, he was, went to heaven and we see, you know, people go, well, what did he die from? And it was, I would actually was watching somebody. I can't, it was a few years ago. I remember watching a, a pastor and they were talking about it and they were saying, you know, when you look at all the other verses, Moses really, he was in good health. He, what did he die from? And essentially what it was, was he just passed away, which we would call, you know, natural causes. He just passed away, you know, and, and, you know, they don't know where he was buried. And that's because the Lord buried him. But, you know, so essentially, and I think it's, you know, the Lord buried him because of the influence he had, 
he buried him to keep the people from... Because we're going to see later that that bronze snake that was made to heal the people, it turned into an idol for them. And I think that's what the Lord was doing, was keeping Moses from from them taking Moses' body and almost, you know, essentially making it into an idol. And so, you know, we go into that. And, you know, my challenge is, is, you know, as we see, you know, Moses passing on the mantle. It's, you know, if you're a seasoned believer and as you continue becoming a seasoned believer, if you're a brand new believer, as you go on in your journey, you know, we're all in this together and we need to take people underneath our wings. And the, the Lord puts people in our path to mentor and guide and they'll, he'll bring the right person around knowing that you're the one that can reach to them. And, you know, because with the enemy, and I really see it right now, you know, especially with this whole COVID-19 you see such a faction within the believers. Um, and it's just because God's going to do a great move. Like, it's because there's such a great move coming that the enemy's doing what he can to hinder it as much as he can. And I see that there's so many believers that are, it's a huge division. And it's because, you know, you have some that are in the camp that this whole coronavirus was a conspiracy theory it was planned and then you see some that are in this faction of living in fear let's hide in a hole and you know it's I'm in the whole camp of yeah there's this virus going on we have to be careful And, you know, we've done what we can. And, and yes, we are, like here in Wyoming, we're slowly reopening. Some people think we're reopening too fast. You know, I think our, our governor and them are doing what they can. And I think if they see that we're moving too fast, I think they're going to say no and, and, and push to, you know, slow down and say, no, we're not going to move forward until this kind of calms down. But, you know, it's, it's a huge division. And it's like, I, like I was just saying to my husband, I'm so sick and tired of, of getting videos about this is all a conspiracy theory. And, and, you know, because, and it's because I'm a newspaper reporter and I've talked to you know, a nurse who, who is from Wyoming, she's a traveling nurse and she's in New York. She's seeing everything firsthand. And she didn't spare me the details of that. Yes, that there are some really grisly things going on that in New York, that there was no room in the morgues. And so they had to put bodies in freezer trucks. I wasn't spared those and I, I didn't, you know, hide it. You know, I put it in, in the article, what she said, that it was what was happening to give people an eye opener that, yes, this was happening. And, um, but essentially, you know, like I just, as I was 
doing this daily reading and it just was forming in my mind. It was like the Lord was just saying, you know, and he's been pointing this out for several weeks that this is the enemy. You know, he's just trying to cause division. He's, he's causing a distraction. And, and, you know, as he was, you know, pointing me, he's like, this is the, what I want you to focus on. And I think that's what we believers need to focus on is what can we do as, as the body of Christ to rise up during this time, you know, especially for people who live in fear, for people who are struggling because they've lost a job due to COVID-19, what can we do as a, as the body of Christ to rise up? And that was just something that I started thinking of as soon as it started happening and I knew that was a God thing because I probably would have, you know, years ago, I would have been on that faction of let's hide in a hole and don't come out. You know, that's just a testimony of how much God has worked in my life that, you know, when, when a pandemic comes, it's like, what can we do as the body of Christ? How does God want us? What does he want us to do? You know, and that's just something that I've all, you know, I attribute to God for. And so, you know, that's just what I wanted to talk about in Deuteronomy, you know, and it's the end of, you know, us talking about Moses, you know, and now we're going into Joshua and, you know, and his story is just, I love his story. You know, we're getting into some really awesome books coming along. Like, I'm excited, actually, to get into the Book of Ruth because that's, it's not a very long book, but it's just so profound, you know, and it's just, you know, God used, and we're going to see another woman, too, in, in the Book of Judges, Deborah, that God uses. You know, we come, we're in such a time where there's these women that are, you know, put, pitting themselves against men and... You know, I look in the book, in the Bible, and there's these women, and they didn't pit themselves against men. They, they stood in the identity and, and who they were in God. And, and, you know, I just tell, you know, women these days that we have to exemplify the traits of these women because, you know, that's, you know, they're in here for a reason in this Bible. <laughs> we can learn so much from them and, and, and be powerful in that way. And they didn't pit themselves against men. That's just how it was. So, um, so, you know, just kind of moving on. We're going into Psalm 46 and you know, it's just such a, you know, what I, I point out from this is, you know, from verse one, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And, you know, you keep going on and it just the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You know, when you think about, especially like right now, you know, with COVID-19, 
you know, things may seem like they're falling apart. You know, you have governments that are divided. You have some states that are very, very strict. And you have some states that aren't very strict. You know, you have some countries that aren't as strict. And you got some that, you know, you you just kind of see this division and things falling apart. But we have this ever-present hope. You know, he's, you know, this ever-present help in trouble. He's our refuge and our strength. He's with us. He's our fortress. You know, and it says, come and see the works of the Lord. You know, during this time, we need to go and see the works of the Lord. You know, and I try to, you know, just share, you know, because there have been people that have been healed, you know, that the Lord has healed them, you know, and I, there's one that, you know, he's, he's on the trust board of trustees for the, the online school that I'm attending through. And he was near death from COVID-19. But, you know, people just began to pray and the Lord healed him, you know, and he's not on the ventilator anymore. And he's now doing like physical therapy. He's eating, he's coherent, he can talk. He doesn't, he doesn't have the virus anymore. And it's like, that's, those are the times that you go and say, you know, that is a work of the Lord, you know, and, you know, and here in Wyoming, you know, in the first Washakie County, uh, COVID-19 case, she attributes her healing to God. She's like, this was God because people, she, you know, she's got cancer right now. And so she's, when she had it, she was bad. And they said she was not going to make it. Because the bad thing about Wyoming is we don't have the medical technology like most other states have. You know, I know my grandpa with the type of heart surgery he had to have several years ago, not even Billings, Montana could do it. They had to send him to Minnesota to Mayo Clinic to do it. You know, they couldn't do it here. In, in little small town Wyoming. And Worland is not much different. You know, they're about the same size as, as Powell. And this woman was in actually a hospital in Thermopolis, which that in itself, the Thermopolis hospital's growing, but the town isn't very much big. Like the only thing really about Thermopolis that everybody knows about is the hot springs. And, you know, they were telling her, you're going to die. And she kept praying. Her family kept praying and the Lord healed her. And so it's just, you know, and not just COVID-19, you know, no matter what situation we're in, Come and see the works of the Lord. And that's why I just stress, you know, have a journal and write down all the times that God comes through. And it's in these times like this that you just sit there and, and you pull out these journals. Don't throw them away when they, they're empty. Keep them. And that's the time that you pull these things out and you remind yourself all that the Lord has done. 
you know, his works. And there's this one verse in there, and it's well known. It says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That is a promise that we can hold on to. And it's a command for us to be still. You know, and I think there there are days that we need to be still and rest before him. And we have that for sure promise that he is exalted above all nations, all the earth, and that he is our fortress. That's just something that we can hold on to in this. And jumping into Luke, um, just some of the things, you know, are kind of similar, but there's this thing about who will be the greatest and, you know, just having the faith of a, of a child, you know, and I've talked about that in past podcasts. So feel free to, to look into that and not stopping those who, who are with us. You know, we've talked about that in the past. Uh, there's a thing on uh, in chapter 9, verse 51 through 56. And I want you guys to notice the Samaritan opposition. People wonder, what's this whole deal with the Samaritans? Um, we're going to see in, when we get to... In, in the kings, you know, after Solomon, when Israel is divided... The northern tribe of Israel ended up, you know, they were idolatrous. They had one bad king after another. And they they finally, you know, crossed the line. And, and God used Assyria as an instrument. The Assyrians were capturing territories and... They captured the Israelite, the northern tribe of Israel, not Judah. Judah lasted a while longer because they had some some good godly kings. They had some times of of revival, as we would say, you know, and they were taken. the The northern tribe of Israel, which was pretty much all all those tribes, were taken, and. They were taken and deported out. Now there were some that were not. And actually I think they brought some priests back. Due to some situations with the lions. And some of the Assyrians. And those who were not Israelites. Moved into the land. And those who were. You know Israelites. Ended up intermarrying with. Um the the non-israelites and that's where we get the word samaritans or the samaritans you know up in the samaria area is where they were um from up in samaria but the samaritans they came they were intermarried and they were somewhat worshiping god but they were also worshiping other uh, idols and so you know they were just practicing everything 
Well, the Jewish people, which when they came back, they didn't want anything to do with them. They did not look upon them. And actually, they would take a really long, they would take this long way around Samaria to avoid being near the Samaritans. Like, they wouldn't even talk to them if they came near them. And so, Jesus is in, you know, in this area. And they don't welcome Jesus. Because he was heading for Jerusalem. He's he's leaving Galilee. He's heading to Jerusalem. We're getting to this point in, in the... Um, in the gospel, as we've talked, he leaves from, you know, Galilee, starts going on into Judea, onward to Jerusalem, where he's going to be crucified. Well, they find out he's going to Jerusalem, and because of that, they're not going to help him, because, the, you know, the feelings were kind of mutual with the Samaritans as well, towards Jews, you know, they didn't want anything to do with them. And we see this attitude with James and John, you know, do you want us to call fire down? And my, the NIV doesn't have what the Lord says, but some manuscripts have the Lord say, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of for the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So they have this attitude and don't, forget these people's attitude make a note in your journal to look back at this because we're going to see a change of attitude in in the book of acts you'll see something different and it's actually neat how the lord changes the hearts of his disciples the lives that that are changed And then there's the cost of following Jesus. And, you know, and there is a cost. You know, as believers, there is a cost. When you become a believer, Jesus, that there is a cost. And for some, it's a, it's a more heavier cost than, than others. I think a lot of believers in, in the U.S., it's a lot lighter. Um, you know, because... I've met people, you know, witnessed to, to, to people of a different country. I'm not going to say what country it is, but for them to become a Christian meant losing family, possibly meant never, ever going back home ever again. And, and, if they want to keep their life, you know, and so there is a cost, you know, there is a cost and, you know, it means losing friends. It means, you know, sometimes walking away from a job that hinders your relationship with the Lord. It might mean, you know, giving up, going to the bars and all of that. Because of your relationship, there's always a cost. And so think about that, you know. But Jesus at this point, he's moving on and and there's this whole sending out the 72. So that's a this is a totally different event. He sends out the 72 because he's leaving 
Galilee. And they come back and report, and you know, that the demons, you know, submit to us in your name. They're excited. There's things happening. And he says, you know, I saw Satan, Jesus replies, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice but that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And so it's just, you know, there is this power in the name of Jesus. And as believers, you know, I believe that, you know, we, we have that authority in the name of Jesus to pray over the sick, cast out the de- demons, but it's through Jesus. And... But it's more than that, you know, it's rejoicing in who we are in Christ. And because of that, that's where the power and the authority come from, comes from, you know, is, is knowing who we are in Christ. And that's essentially what I wanted to talk about uh, for this episode. There really wasn't a theme other than you know, passing on the mantle and, and all of that. So, but for the next episode, we're going to go over Joshua chapter one, verse one through chapter four, verse 24. So we're going to go through quite a few verses in Joshua. And uh, we're going to read Psalm 47 verses one through four. We won't go over that next podcast. And then Proverbs chapter nine, Verses 9 through 12, we won't talk about that one yet, but we will discuss Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 27. And I'm going to end in a prayer, and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, Lord. And that, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would just speak to our hearts. We come against the enemy, Lord, where he may be trying to cause division and strife in our lives, Lord, and I pray that you just speak to our hearts and help us to grow and mature in you as we read your word. Lord, speak to us, Lord, and help us to work together, Lord, and take people underneath our wings, Lord, to to disciple. And we just thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm-hmm.